search goes on in San Francisco for the man known as the Zodiac Killer. In New York, the search continues for the 44 caliber killer. See if you can explain to me why I would want to be a Scientologist. Betches Media presents... Tell me we have a lead. Stone Cold, no. It was literally like the Hunger Games. Not another true crime podcast. What can I say? Tough titties. It's all fun and games until someone gets hurt. And welcome to the latest podcast from Betches Media, not another true crime podcast, where we will be talking about all the sketchy shit your heart desires. Stuff like scams, cults, conspiracy theories, and of course, murder. I'm Sarah Levine, editor-in-chief of Betches.com, and my co-host is Hannah Perkins, famed memer of the Pretend Blonde account and former Betches writer. If you're listening in order on season one so far, this is episode four. And as promised, we're continuing to get sketchier and sketchier. And this week, we're finally getting into a topic Hannah and I talk a lot about, which is cults. I sounded a little too excited. Whatever. I like cults. (laughs) (laughs) White girl shit. Um, I feel like a lot of people are into cults. So I feel like this is actually a pretty exciting moment for a lot of people. And I was going to save this comment for later, but I feel like um, maybe this was just my synagogue, but... I don't know if this all Jews are like this, but I feel like we're always like brought up with this um, pervasive paranoia that people are always trying to convert us. And um, <laughs> I was literally I went to like a synagogue sponsored event about the dangers of cults. Wow. Yeah, that's so, kind of trippy. Um, yeah. No, I don't I don't recall ever. <laughs> doing that in synagogue um but i was also like not a very good jew so it's pretty i'm pretty sure i may have missed that whole that whole thing so okay so maybe it was just me but that's fine <laughs> um okay this episode we're gonna talk about this cult called buddha field which i actually learned about a couple years ago when i was interviewing this awesome singer songwriter called zella day and she and i were oh, i talk- love her she's great um So she kind of told me about this cult in this interview, and I was like, wow, this sounds amazing and not amazing, but like amazingly fascinating. Yeah. Um, And it's not one of the more well-known cults, I don't think, but I promise you it's really insane. Yeah, I, well, you told me about it, but I also watched, um, or I listened to on my commute to work, um, the podcast Getting Curious with Jonathan Van Ness from Queer Eye. Love him. And he does a whole episode on cults because he's fascinated too. Again, it's so hot right now. And he talked about the movie Holy Hell, which is what you recommended me to, which is about this cult, which is about Budafield. So um, if you're interested in cults, uh, we suggest watching Holy Hell. It's on Netflix. I finished it like two days ago, like way after I was supposed to. And Sarah had already watched it like uh, like a, several times probably. And, <laughs> and I was like just catching up. Um, but I had a lot of feelings about it. So I, I'm pretty excited to talk about this because I think yours and my feelings were really different about the cult in the beginning stages in the big yes so yeah i guess we'll just start with the who which is going to be the founder of the cult his name is michelle rostand rostand i don't fucking know Um, but he was called by a a lot of other names uh one of them was andreas and later ragey which means god king so you know he was a very modest dude yeah he seems like he seems great yeah, and it's funny because in the movie they're just kind of <laughs> switching between a lot of names and it's hard to keep track. It's hard to keep up. Yeah, it was like yeah. a Game of Thrones episode. I was well, like, they do who the is same who? thing in Wild Wild Country, which, spoiler alert, we'll be talking about later. And I was like, I was like, why do they? And they literally just switch names and they're consistent with one name, but they don't tell you like when or why and i'm like oh why are you calling this dude this now anyway yeah sorry that was yeah a it's, a, it's a little confusing um definitely a note for the producer there i think jared leto produced it so he did jared leto um, um yeah so i i like looked up the steps to identifying a cult and i just want you to know that there's seven steps and i can like chime in on them as i as we see them in here to help you guys identify what's a cult one of the first most prominent steps is that the leader proclaims his or himself for having special powers or special insight. And this is from like a psychologist who studies cults. So just off the bat, calling yourself God King, not 
not a good start. But to be fair, that didn't happen until much later in the cult, and we'll kind of get into yeah. why and when exactly things started to spiral. So cool. in the beginning, he was just kind of this informal, or not, yeah, not completely formal leader of this group of like-minded individuals. But right. he wasn't who he said he was. So Michelle, this guy was actually born. Um, I guess it's going to be Jaime Gomez. I think it's and Jaime. not Jamie. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so he was the son of a wealthy Venezuelan rancher, and he moved to the U.S. because he was trying to become a Hollywood actor, which is when he changed his name to Michelle. Um, I guess he thought it would be like more French sounding and exotic. Yeah, weird. Um, okay. Yeah. So he never did become a big actor like he hoped, but he acted in some gay porn, which his <laughs> followers didn't know about at the time. And okay. yeah, he he really like hyped himself up to make himself yeah. to his followers seem like this big shot actor. He claimed to have danced with the Oakland Ballet, which I didn't bother to try to confirm or not. So it could be true. Who knows? Um, I mean, the Oakland Ballet is kind of legit. So yeah. I mean, because I'm from this area, the Oakland area. So, I mean, I remember going as a little kid. I don't know if they're still kind of around, but I remember them being legit. Because there's the Oakland Ballet and the San Francisco Ballet, which does, like, big productions of Nutcracker and all that shit. So, it it would be pretty honorable if he was. But we don't know. Um, And his big claim to fame that he was always talking about was how he had a scene in Rosemary's Baby. And he made it sound like it was this, like, huge deal. Um, but it was actually one background shot and he did not speak in the shot. And I, lo- I loved how they showed the scene. They the did. Too. And it it even great. better was even better about this is that I looked up the IMDb page on Rosemary's baby. I'm all about IMDb nowadays and yeah. it doesn't yeah, have are. a Michelle Rostin listed in the cast. There's not a Jaime Gomez. It does list Michelle Gomez and his role is listed as Pedro, parentheses, uncredited. Damn. That's a low blow, IMDb. Also, they fucked up his name. No, just, I mean, like, maybe he was going by a two. different name at the time. Maybe. But I that, mean, that's, the, the crazy- we don't know that was him. That's the closest thing I found to actual like, Sounding proof, like him. Aside yeah. from the clip that it verifies <laughs> it was him. I mean, it's crazy because when you watch this, um, this talk, like the followers, first of all, this information is not like from like an outside source, which is one of the reasons I really like this documentary. They brought in like 20 of former followers of this cult. Like it was really well put together, I thought. And you really got a lot of information. But right. like none of them, none of them knew who this guy was, which is like what tripped me out. Like, I mean, as we get more of these cults, I mean, I guess a lot of times they don't know who the leader is, but like, for instance, for one of our upcoming episodes, which I mean, I guess I can kind of just spoil it now because it's going to be the next episode is Scientology. Like people knew who David Miscavige is and like Elron, you know what I mean? Like they knew like what they're about. This guy, like no one can verify what he was doing. And there was like rumors about him, like where he grew up, like some of them thought he was rich when he was a kid. Some of them thought he was poor. Some of them. I'm also just, just going to put this theory out there that I think if you're going to join a cult, you're probably not going to fact check intensively. That's true. That's and true. You're right. I think this is true in general. Um, people often don't question things that they're told, especially if you're told it in a convincing way. Um, in yeah. the office, we were talking about the episode of the Sasha Baron Cohen show when Corinne Olympios was pranked to pretend that she was a representative for some foundation that didn't exist. And my entire office was like, how could she do that? Like, how could you say that and blatantly lie? And I was like, um, you guys would probably all do it too. If you're on camera and you're being influenced and persuaded to say something and you're not going to sit there and be like, oh, wait, let me pull out Google and fact check it. Like, I think most of the time people will just go along with what they're told, especially if it sounds if the person who's trying to convince them is like yeah. saying it with a degree of conviction with a convincing enough tone. I mean, it's also Corinne Olympios. Like, I'm not she's not a Ph.D. scholar here. So, right. I mean, but, but I really I think, think that I any of us you. in like a similar position would probably just go along with it because I think. Yeah, anytime, I agree. especially when I'm in a weird situation, 
it's like you like to think that you would question everything and be a whistleblower but really when you're in the moment your brain just kind of freezes a lot of the time because you're like this is so weird and this is so out of my realm of understanding like what the fuck is happening and you just are like what the fuck is happening and you just go along with stuff yeah i agree with you totally and i like i told you and we can get into this in a second like this cult specifically when you watch holy hell I mean, you and I talked. You thought it was kind of boring. <laughs> I was <laughs> the first like forty I, minutes was like oh, love and peace and everything was yeah. great. And I was like, okay, well, this could have been condensed to like fifteen minutes. I was like watching it on. I was like, pu- I put it on the elliptical because. Um, oh. <laughs> well, I was just well, I was just like, if I watch it because I needed to watch it and I knew I wasn't like gonna go home and watch it, so I was like, I'll just do it while I'm at the gym and like kill two birds with one stone. And, you know, I can watch 45 minutes of it and then I, like, whatever, have 45 minutes of workout. Okay. That's my whole thought process on that. So I'm watching it and I texted you and I was like, wow, like, this is really good so far. And you're like, really? (laughs) I think I initially warned you. I said, you have to watch Budafield, but the first 40 minutes are really boring. I actually gave up for a week and then I knew I had to watch it. So I tuned back in. Yeah, I actually, the first, I mean, I guess we can maybe get into like kind of how the beginning worked because then yes. I can explain my thought process. So go ahead. Yeah. So basically, Budafield started out in California. <laughs> That's where all cults start, you guys. <laughs> Home state. What, what? Um, and CNN describes it as a new age spiritual group. Um, unsurprisingly, yeah. pretty sure most of the people in the documentary were white. Yeah. White people love cults. Why? Case in point, two white girls talking about cults. Yeah, but I'm not going to join one. That's the difference. I know, but I do think that the white people are like really into that kind of shit well, for some reason. Well, I think reason. also this type of cult was very hippy-dippy. And they yeah. would do yoga sessions and yeah. meditation, and they went on these weekly outings. And I mean, initially it was... And they're um, in LA, too. It's yeah, like it was just supposed to bros. be this like peace and love type organization. Um, mm-hmm. So there were like a couple of facets to this so-called religion. Um, there well, they be, weren't a religion at this like time. They were like I don't even know if they were. But there was like in- a guiding spiritual force yeah. that they believed in. So they believed yeah. in a lot of meditation, um, hypnotherapy. Like Michelle mm-hmm. would lead these guided sessions, and he would have them have the members like go back to their childhood or focus on certain images, and. Um, there was this thing called the knowing, which was basically this ability to communicate directly with God. And so every so often, Michelle would gather everyone and lead them on these excursions into the woods or some shit. And he would like give some people the knowing. And it was kind of like you just imagine in a movie when someone like puts their hand on someone and it's like, yeah, you know, like that's crazy. They have like convulsions. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. the people who would get the knowing were really obviously elated and the ones who weren't were crushed, but that's kind of what kept them in Buddha field was because they all wanted the knowing it was supposed to be this like magical experience that felt like, yeah. I don't know, Nirvana, I would imagine. Well, yeah, they describe. Okay. So here's the thing is with this, this group, um, like when I first watched it and you were like, oh, like all this peace and love, hippy dippy shit. Like <laughs> I, <laughs> I like grew up in the Bay Area. Like I'm pretty like I grew up kind of in the Berkeley E area where like everything is peace and lovey. Um, I'm literally wearing like a tie dye shirt as we speak. Like I kind of grew up in that style where like Cameron calls me a hippie all the time because I wear like like bohemian clothes i'm not like a real fucking hippie you guys i'm just like the version of a bohemian person in 2018 i guess so like when when i was watching this and they were like burning man i I haven't gone to burning man (laughs) yet but it's like on my list but i have like a lot of friends who do and i have a lot of friends who are like legit yogis and like travel the world in a fucking backpack and like go do all these I like a lot of my friends do this oh. stuff and I don't so think it's I'd like, be friends with any of your friends <laughs> We're like well I also have like a lot of friends who of each other I mean I also have a lot of friends who like don't do that yeah. um but like uh, it's a lot of my friends from college don't do that and a lot of my friends from home are definitely more like on the liberally side and on the like 
hippy dippy spiritual side like friends who like fuck around with crystals and shit like that i'm not i'm not that (laughs) far into that but that being said like when this started i felt like this cult kind of had like i think if i was in the 80s or i think it was yeah 80s and 90s and if i was in la and this whole thing came around where it's like all these good looking people just like meditating doing yoga like they all lived together they had jobs they like had this communal living space they like loved it all this stuff i think like i would have sipped the kool-aid on that i'm not kidding you i could feel myself being gravitated towards the original basis of this but that being said like i like the whole idea of like people being together or whatever like i guess that's I'm one of those people, like, I was on a sports team, and then I was in a sorority, and, like, I like group settings. But in the documentary where they show one of the films, this is, like, the first thing that I would have been like, nope, I'm out. The, like, the film that Michelle was in, they called it a knowing production. And, Uh like, they had Michelle's head with a fucking halo behind it. Oh, yeah, he was a total narcissist, for sure. Yeah, that's where I would have been like, what the duck is going on, you know? So... Yeah. So that was um I mean, initially, it didn't seem super culty. I mean, a lot of the people were, like, very educated. They had jobs. They were allowed to leave to go to their jobs and come back. Although, a lot of them did change their names, which is definitely, uh, like, stripping your identity is a huge sign of cultiness. Yep. That Uh, definitely is. That's on the thing. That's one of the seven. Right. I was on this um, hinge date the other day, and we were talking about, I think, this or Wild Wild Country. You were talking (laughs) talking about cults on your hinge date? Yeah, I know. It's a wonder why I'm single. But okay. I was like, what the hell was going on in the 80s that everyone was just joining a cult? And the guy that yeah. I was on the date with was like, well, I think it's kind of just like how everyone in 2018 is just like backpacking through Europe or like going to Iceland. Yeah. That's the thing to do yeah. in the 80s. The thing to do was just to join a cult. Join a cult. It's crazy. Join a cult. Well, even like, okay, so my mom who was i mean we're in california so i guess like a lot of colds come from here and i do think a lot of colds start in la and places like new york yeah but i think started la it started in la because people are like you got to make it in cities like that right so there's a lot of people who are like down on their luck or like feel disenfranchised by the city they're in and they like want something to be a part of you know because they've lost their way so i feel like you're sitting ducks because there's a lot of other cults that started in san francisco too which yeah. is like my well, my I, hood i think that's obviously a huge part of buddha field because michelle wanted yeah. to be this actor he realized yeah. it wasn't going to happen for him so he starts this cult to get the praise that he wanted right totally. so i mean everything was makes sense was pretty um, I guess normal for a while. Yeah. Um, things kind of started to get crazy when um, they got called out by Rick Ross, who's a cult watcher, not the rapper Rick Ross. Oh, I was about to say, wow, no, what? <laughs> I think this is 1990, and he basically like put them on notice and was like, you guys, I think, are a cult. So they packed up and moved to Austin in the middle of the night. Because Michelle was paranoid. But the problem with that was right around the time they moved to Austin was the same time as the standoff in Waco, Texas, which we'll get to in a further episode. But it was this like multiple week standoff between the FBI and this compound um, that ended in a lot of death. So this made Michelle increasingly paranoid and in my opinion i think that's kind of like what that was kind of the beginning of the end i think of buddha field when your leader gets more paranoid and like escalates their behavior that's never good um yeah yeah that's a it's a hard no from me i would say on that one i think like it's also important i don't know if we mentioned this it's important to acknowledge that this also is and like they're all living in this commune, right? And we talked about that. They're paying for everything that they're doing in this cult. I don't know if we like. Oh mentioned yeah, that. I forgot to mention that. Like these, we- they would be required to go to these weekly therapy sessions, one on one with Michelle. Pay fifty dollars a session. In the eighties, yeah, so that's like so, a decent amount of money. I mean, it's not nothing. So that's it's definitely not nothing. Such a scam. 
Yeah. And so that like, again, that is another one of the cult signs of like exploiting. That's like a, a major cult sign is that they exploit you for finances, like financially specifically. There's other things that they exploit you for, which we'll get into in yeah. a couple minutes. But that's like a huge portion of this. So just so everyone knows when he picks up and moves to Austin, like these people have literally they're funding this trip to Austin and they have given all their money to this. Yeah, guy, One of the members now- literally bought the house. Yeah, in it's Austin. nuts. She bought nuts. it. Like this God, dude must wasn't be nice. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they would kind I mean, of start doing all this like weird shit eventually. Like Michelle was always really obsessed with his appearance, but then he just like started wearing a lot of makeup. And there's this quote in the documentary that was like, "So what if he wore too much eyeliner? So what if his mascara is running down his face?" Like no one wanted to tell him; they were too afraid. Yeah. Yeah. And then he starts getting plastic surgery and looking really crazy. And remember, this is like 80s, 90s plastic surgery. It's not like Kim Kardashian's plastic surgeon. So it yeah. was not super high quality. Um, and then <laughs> a lot of people, this is the crazy, well, the second craziest thing to me was that yeah. he wanted to get plastic surgery, but he was afraid of the risks. So he would make other cult members get the procedures first so he could make sure that it was safe. Uh, see, that's another form of, okay, that's like step four. They're pressuring people into doing things that they don't want to do or they wouldn't normally do is a sign of you're in a cult. And he did, he did that shit though, like for a lot of things, like he like made them get abortions if they had kids. Cause they yeah. weren't supposed to like, ha- they weren't supposed to have sex that so we should preface this. The people in Budafield were not supposed to have sex, but it's like but a they bunch did of fucking all the time. hot people. Yeah, they were so pretty, and they were all like living together. They were like, yeah, we were like fucking everyone. And yeah, I think they said they would call it Booty Field. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't hear that, but that's awesome. I love that. Um, so they weren't allowed to have sex, but then like people were getting pregnant. So when they got pregnant, he'd be like, get an abortion. One girl got a puppy and brought it, and he was like, give it away. Yeah. And he was like, he's like, I don't like dogs, which first of all, crazy person. Well, that like should dogs. have been the first sign, I think. First sign that he's like, I don't like dogs. I'm like, you're not a human being. That Hello, 911. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to report an emergency. Yeah. Um, yeah, he just did people did that to people. And he also like forced them into kind of like slave labor. Did yeah. like, sort I mean, of. kind of, sort of, he like made them be his masseuse like he had like specific jobs for them it was almost always men and Mm -hmm. it like one guy he made him carry around a special chair on his back so that everywhere he went he could sit in this chair and i think the guy makes a really good point for a dude who's supposedly terrified of being found out as a cult leader he's making a pack of people following him around with a fucking chair on their back so he can (laughs) sit not subtle yeah, like not subtle at all. And he, um, because he said he was in the Oakland Ballet, he forced every member of Budafield to take extensive ballet classes, women, men, etc. Yeah, and a lot of, um, a big part of Budafield too was like fitness and working out. Everyone yeah. was supposed to like look good. Look hot, fit. yeah. Yeah. But then not have sex, so that's right. cool. Um, <laughs> it's cruel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Um, but he, yeah, he made them all do ballet and he like made, he wanted to build a theater, which I don't know if you've ever seen. Have you ever seen the show Summer High Tie on HBO? Anyone? I have not. Oh my God. It's so fucking funny. But if you, um, there's like all these memes about it. There's like Jamee, the yeah, private yeah. school girl. I know yeah, like, who she is. Right, right. Yeah. So she's one of the characters. Well, there's another character called Mr. G and he is like the drama teacher of summer heights high and he like has them build a theater for him like the mr g's like auditorium of performing arts and this is like exactly what this dude did he made them build a theater for him in like the middle of the austin plains and he would come by and they, they built it themselves and like one of the members bought the land and all the materials and he'd come by and be like i don't like how this wall is built rebuild it and like we make them rebuild the building like several times and then they would they would put on these elaborate shows and plays that were sort of just like pet projects to this guy's narcissism 
and everyone would go to rehearsals and there would be like these elaborate costumes and sets and one play took two years they did a dress rehearsal and then they never performed it for anyone (laughs) can you imagine that uh and wasn't he like the messiah in it like he was like yeah i mean yeah yeah he was always like savior figure it's great it's it's a weird Budafield is definitely like a weird cult because it starts off like pretty normal and it's i mean no one no one was killed which is good but there's just like all this weird shit going on the plastic surgery these plays um it definitely things do get really twisted and dark though um yeah they definitely take a dark turn and by the way the thing with the plastic surgery i think was like a really big turning point did you get that vibe in the movie where like that was when the members were like yeah i think it was kind of like the plays the plastic surgery everyone was like the makeup too people were kind of sensing that the leader was starting to unravel but they didn't really want to question it yeah and like the whole thing was like he'd always told them like your body is a vessel and like the, what really matters is your soul. And I think that the reason it was a big moment was like, it's just like him being super hypocritical. If your body's a vessel and doesn't matter, then why are you, you know, altering it? Why are you spending so much money and time trying to make your body look amazing? Like, it's, I don't know. It felt like that was a really big thing for them. And I, but I think because it, these people it was so good for them in the beginning that they just wanted to hold on to that and they weren't ready to question what was going on until this email got sent out um which was really where things just started to completely fall apart um yeah so one of the members of buddha field sends an email to everyone um stating that he's leaving and he cites years of sexual abuse from Michelle as the cause. So it's horrible. One of the quotes from the email says he used sex with his disciples as a spiritual gift, spiritual growth and a path to further enlightenment. He manipulated people to feel that if they didn't take the sexual step, they weren't devoted to God and his work. His ability to control people's psyches was unsurpassed. Yikes! And like, I mean, I don't know that that's like, it was crazy when that email came out, watching it on the film and like people's reactions to it. Well, like, people guy's... didn't even believe it at first, which yeah, was yeah. initially crazy. a lot of people tried to stand by Michelle. And then it was it only really was when a lot of the men started talking to each other like, oh, he did this to you. He did this to me, too. And realizing that that was abuse and they were coerced into sex that then Ugh. they were like, okay, this is fucked up. We got to get out of here. I like that part, like listening to the the men talk about their abuse was like really, I like, I maybe I'm just hella soft, but I was just like, Oh my God, you're crying. not soft for being upset about sexual abuse. I mean, it's it was so it was really gross, and it was really like you just feel. I mean, obviously, we hear a lot about women being sexually abused, and uh, no form of sexual abuse is good or or should be allowed or whatever or is not horrible. That being said, I, I you rarely hear like a man talk about it because society like makes them feel like they shouldn't or whatever the case may be, and it's a real bummer because I think a lot of men probably do get sexually abused. I like you just feel like one of the guys was like I sat there like for two days a week every week for like you know three years and he's like and I just like got screwed by this dude literally and imagine like having sex with someone who like doesn't move who doesn't show any emotion who is crying through it every single time because they don't want to be there and like I just like think of like people you know like my you know like cam or like my parents or some or my brother and like it makes me so upset like if it happened to anyone but like also i think that there's just like such a masculinity thing and these these guys were like stripped of everything that made them them and it's just it's horrible it's really 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 sad yeah i mean it's disgusting 
It's disgusting. It's disgusting. This guy's like an evil fucking human being. And the one guy, like, he was so good at manipulating people. He was so good at his job that these guys would pay for the sessions where they would get sexually abused. Yeah, that's... Like, like pay for them. That's fucking crazy. And, and because they thought that they were, like, getting healed. That's how manipulative he was. That's how convincing he was that they were, like you know doing all this and they'd cry during sex and he'd be like are you crying because like of this this and this about your past and then he'd like mm-hmm. flip the script on them yeah and make them feel like it was like a repressed emotion that they just you know brought out but really he was raping them and they were like they just couldn't understand it you know like why would someone we trust do this so they just chose not to believe it fucked it fucked me up dude i was like crying on the elliptical so it's yeah yeah it was a rough moment (laughs) i mean yeah and once a lot of the men started opening up about this it pretty much just caused a giant divide a lot of people left um i think kind of the worst part though is that not everyone left and there are still a lot of people who believe that this didn't happen and Michelle obviously denies everything because he's yeah. a psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> that too. Um, they didn't press charges against him, but they more or less tried to just drive him away and make him promise to never lead a cult and, and boot a field and never abuse people. And of course yeah. he was like, Oh yeah, totally. I'll be on my best behavior. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but okay. no so then the, the cult moves to hawaii where he still has followers and when this movie yeah. premiered there still were Budafield followers yeah that's crazy like and they show at the end of like people who stayed and people who you know like left and the fact that i mean the whole thing was just it was really sad because i think a lot of these people were really, really good people for the most part and really thought that they were doing good things at the beginning because he had them do, like, community service and, Mm -hmm. you know, they were, like, really involved in the community and then, you know, he sexually abused half of them and um, some of them were, like, actually related. (laughs) Like, one of, like, there was, like, a family of, like, four in there and it was, like, he was abusing the brother and you know, doing this to people that they grew close to and loved. And it's just, it's fucked. It is fucked. So people who are yeah. still in it, I don't know what's wrong with you guys. <laughs> like, Well, it's sad. I mean, today there's always, you could, you could, a man could get caught on camera, like sexually assaulting someone. And there will still be people who say he didn't do it. Right. Yeah. Fucking weird. So, I mean, it's sad. Yeah, I mean, people will believe. We talked about that like last episode of conspiracy theories. In order to to reinforce their thoughts or beliefs, people will literally find any reason to to do so, or yeah. you know, figure out any way to corroborate it. So right, and I mean, I'm sure when you do when you're also deep in this cult, mm-hmm. you probably don't want to believe that your leader is capable of such heinous, horrible things. Yeah. And it's a lot of cognitive dissonance, I would imagine. Yeah. And in this cult, like, Michelle was not only, like, their leader. He was, like, their friend and, like, their confidant. Well, and their like, they therapist. all trusted him. Yeah. And their therapist. That's the yeah. huge thing, too. That's, like, a gigantic, I mean, I don't know. It's just. Yeah. Fucked. But that's, but that's like, how cults operate, right? Like, that's how, like, they they do things. That's how the masters do things. that brings us to the how it happened i mean he basically like we said he's manipulative but he also isolates them he moves them out to austin texas which i mean austin's pretty cool but i think if okay maybe this is going to sound super douchey but i feel like lucille bluth where i'm like i'd rather be you know dead in california than alive in arizona that (laughs) kind of person (laughs) like i told cameron i was like yeah, the whole moving to Austin thing, I would have been out. <laughs> well, it's, I'm, I never really thought about this, and they don't go into this in the documentary, but what did these people do when they moved to Austin? Like, what did they do about their know. jobs? 
I don't know. I have no idea. They didn't really go into that. And I yeah. kind of wish they would. And I kind of wish they would have done like a where they are now kind of thing of the members you meet because you really feel like connected to some of these members. Yeah. You're like, I feel for you. Well, this might make um, you feel better. I read a CNN article about the premiere in Honolulu. Of, oh, cool. Um, holy hell. And a good bit of the people who were marked as stayed at the end of the documentary had since left. Perfect. That's yeah. what I like to hear. That's the kind of updates I need to know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that he moved, he isolated them. He moved them out to Austin. So they're like in the middle of fucking Texas. They're like, what the fuck? Um, he told them they couldn't talk to their families or any friends outside of Budafield. Um, he told them that if they left, they would have these painful deaths. He would tell them that like he was by them saying there, he was saving them from dying from AIDS and a car crash or whatever the case may be. What? This is also, yeah, it was nuts. This is also another certification of cults. Like slowly, but surely this group starts checking off, you know, these things of like what makes them a cult, like what constitutes them as a cult. Um, I mean, he basically was like, I'm I'm doing you favors by you staying here and you, you know, having sex with me unwillingly, whatever. Um, and he was a hypnotist, which have you ever been hypnotized? Nope. Really? Like you, you haven't even tried? No. How would that come up? <laughs> we had like maybe this is like you had your like synagogue cult thing and I had in high school, we had grad night and they brought a hypnotist to grad night at like two in the morning. Uh, Cause you know, like we had the sober grad night, which like none of us were actually sober for, but at <laughs> two in the morning, it was like at our school and they, they made the school really pretty and cool. And they brought a hypnotist to come in and try and hypnotize people to do things. And I got called up and I just couldn't be hypnotized. Like I was like laughing through, I was like, this is a joke. But a lot of my friends did get hypnotized. See, I'm telling you, a lot of my friends. Well, at um, Emory for our freshman orientation, they had this one event where they had the whole freshman class and they did have a hypnotist and they invited like six people on stage. And some of them got really super into it. It was yeah. crazy. Yeah, but they like they hypnotize or valedictorian because I could never get out of my own head. Like I will literally be dead tired. This happened last night. I was like exhausted <laughs> at one a.m. and I'm just like in bed and I just couldn't fall asleep because I just couldn't turn my brain off. Like there was no reason for me to be up until five a.m. But there I was. Damn. So did you like research true crime while you were up? Or you like fuck it? I'm just gonna go down the rabbit hole right now. No. That would just have oh. made it worse, I think. Yeah, then you probably wouldn't have slept. I listened to an episode of, uh, what is it? Last Podcast on the Left, which I don't know if you've listened to that show, but it's like, it's kind of like this show, but it's like with three dudes. But not as good. <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's different. It's really different. It's got three dudes in it, and um, they have like a an interesting sense of humor. I don't particularly like some of their episodes, but some of them are really, really good. Like they, they cover some good shit and they have good opinions on things. So I listen to them every once in a while and I was listening. I'm very far behind. And I was listening to one on the original night stalker or the golden state killer, which is like big fucking deal yes. here in California and in the world. And, um, they like played his voicemails that he'd left on his victims phones. Oh, and, let me tell you, they haunted me in my sleep last night. Like, I was really tired. I, I slept. I'm oh. Unlike you, I just knocked <laughs> out. But I, like, woke up in the middle of the night, like, in a cold sweat. And, like, my dog was kicking me off the bed. And it was just a mess. But, yeah. So, anyways, um, what were we talking about? Oh. I don't know. Hypnotism. Hypnotism. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, basically, he was a hypnotist. He stripped them of their identities. Like we said, he took their names. These are all forms of brainwashing, which is like what cults do. Um, this is literally like he wiki-howed how to brainwash. One of the big things that Sarah mentioned earlier, well, you're Sarah, one of the things that you mentioned earlier, I'm like talking to the, I'm like talking to people listening, but also talking to you. So this is kind of weird. Um, is that he, wow, I was going to say something. Oh, he, um, he would say like, oh, you want the knowing? Like, you're not ready yet. You're not ready oh, yet. Oh, yeah. And, people- and then I didn't mention this because I forgot. But <laughs> as the cult was falling apart, and I, I think this was after the email was sent. Yeah. He realizes that he's losing control. So after, I think, either 10, between 10 and 20 years of never having done a knowing 
or not having done one, he's like, we're all doing a knowing. And <laughs> I think that was crazy. Like, yeah, he realizes he's losing effort. control. He throws out this Hail Mary of a knowing. Yeah. And a knowing is him communicating with God. So he's like, fuck it. I'm in a bad place. Let me just call God up. Well, in the woods. No, he, he like brings he brings people who are like he consents are losing faith. And he's yeah. like, OK, OK, you have the knowing. OK, you know, to try to get yeah. them to stay. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is the whole thing, the give and take thing of like or the punishment and reward system of, you know, well, if you do this, you get this. Right. That in itself is a form of, of brainwashing someone because they become so motivated to to get the the reward that they overlook the punishment or they don't right. question the punishment. And so that kind of stuff happens all, like that happens with kids who like have Stockholm syndrome and. I was talking, my grandma is now going to be a listener of the show because I was talking to her about it yesterday and she was like giving me all these thoughts. She's like, you should do Stockholm Syndrome and Elizabeth Smart and all that stuff. And they have like very similar things of, well, you know, if you're good, if you don't scream all day in the the cell I'm holding you in, I'll give you food, you know, that kind of thing. And so then they don't scream and they get food. And then you realize if you stop screaming, you get you continue to get good food kind of thing. And that's kind of how how brainwashing works in that form. Yeah, I didn't you know? see that act as brainwashing so much as more of like a last-ditch manipulation attempt to try to keep people in the cult. Yeah, but that's I think just more at the beginning. View. More at the beginning, it was like more brainwashy, where it's like, you get it, you don't. You yeah. get it, you don't. Now he's like, fuck it, everyone yeah, gets at it. The end, <laughs> I think he's just kind of grasping. Yeah, I, mean, it's a, I don't even think it really worked. I mean, there were some people who got no. the knowing and they were happy, but the people who were talking in the documentary were suspicious they were like we haven't done a knowing in x amount of years you know yeah. this is weird well and they've gotten older and they've seen more of how he's like full of shit and they got there and they got the knowing and they're like nothing happened <laughs> yeah <laughs> they were like wait a second this is not how i remember it when i was 22 i'm now like 34 and i'm like what the fuck am i doing in the woods with this crazy person yeah which We've all been there. I think uh, overall, what was the most interesting to me about Buddha Field was that it operated for a very, very long time. Decades. Yeah, it's still still operating yeah, in theory. Yeah, still op- yeah. I mean, I think as of 2016, there were still members. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of crazy. When you watch Wild Wild Country, for example, um, their entire story imploded over the course of four years, like beginning... Oregon end it was a lot of crazy shit happened but in a short amount of time so to yeah. me it's yeah it's the most interesting that it's still operating has been doing so for a long time and yet still people don't really know about it yeah now everyone should know because it's fucked man don't it's join. A really it don't join <laughs> don't join Budafield. do you okay so I had a, a question so we've basically gone through this whole this whole thing. Now people know about Buddhafield. The sex scandal stuff. Do you think it made a difference? Maybe one of the reasons why people don't know because the victims were male. Do you think that that has anything do to I do with like people why? People don't know about the cult because the victims are male. Well, do you think that it would have been more publicized if the victims were female? Um, that's possible. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's a, it's a weird one. I think that, I don't know. I think if it was, I think if it was females, it probably would be more people would know about it because it'd be kind of like Nexium, right? Like a giant Maybe. sex cult. I mean, I think I that there, so the thing is, there's not a whole lot of publicity about Budafield outside of this no. documentary. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it was hard that's to find a research. big part. And a lot of the press about Budafield is about, is surrounding the documentary and the release and, yeah the controversy also think, around it so like yeah Budafield in comparison to other cults is like nothing which is crazy because like this is it's it was really fucked yeah, up not like, to downplay the sexual assault these men experienced yeah for sure definitely not to do that because it was horrible but you know in the grand scheme of things like compared to a lot of other cults this is like small fries for the media which obviously it's not like small fries in in real life because like this this documentary like fucked me up watching some of these people so just think about that if this is small 
in cult worlds, imagine how much worse it is out there. Yikes. You know? Maybe this is why my synagogue has cult awareness seminars. <laughs> maybe this is maybe this is why you talk about it on hinge dates. <laughs> like, hey, look, you gotta know. <laughs> how did the date go? Was it a success? Was he like this girl's not weird at all? Um, if you wanna talk about my dating life, I'll have to be a guest on you up. Uh, yeah, there you go. You should go on you up and talk about hinge life. Ugh. Do you only use hinge now? Um, no, I deleted it yesterday. So I use wow. nothing. Except Clean for my slate. personality. <laughs> Which you guys explain why I'm single. Clean slate. Good for you, man. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to a game, shall we? All right. I couldn't believe this this whole story of how this game thought came up. Yeah. Of how you and I had the same thought. Yeah. Do you want to tell it? Well, I, okay. I texted Hannah. You go it. And was like, I can't think of a game. It's so hard. I don't know if we should play Two Truths and a Lie or if I should make one up. And then Hannah said My says, response is literally always, I hate games. <laughs> like They're hard to think of, but they're fun to they play. They are. Yeah. And- we have to lighten it up, I guess, somehow at the end. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, Agreed. But so then Hannah texted, well, what if we play a game where we have to decide if something is an organized religion or a cult? And I'm like, I wrote that down. Damn. So, so we're like sync. on the same wavelength. It's crazy. That was, that's really weird because I was like, I was like driving at a stoplight and I text you that really quick and the fact that like I barely looked at it and that was the first thing that came to mind and that was the first thing that came to your mind I felt yep. really proud about that okay so so on that all note, right go for it we're gonna play a game we're going to describe some rules three rules from mm-hmm. either an organized religion or a cult and you have to decide if it's a cult yep. or if it's an organized religion okay I'll go first okay first rule when praying, men can't cover their heads, but women have to cover their heads. Hmm. Number two, okay. the Messiah has, quote, hairs white like wool, white as snow, eyes a flame of fire, and he carries in his right hand seven stars and out of his mouth a two-edged sword. Is that from Game of Thrones? Maybe. And then the third rule is that the following are not allowed. Obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking. Um, I'm going to say all these laws are from an organized religion. You are correct. Do you, can you what? guess which one? I, um, let me think. I'm going to go with Mormonism. False. <laughs> this is from my good friend, Christianity. So the Oh! F- yeah, <laughs> so the first thing is from the book of Paul. The second is from Revelations. And I think the third is from Corinthians, but I don't remember. Wow, this is a hot Those are all real passages I found from the New Testament. Shows you how uh, involved I am in the church right there. Yeah. Wow. So I kind of did a different, also hot take that Christianity sounded more like a cult to me, which is... I mean, to be fair, you can find really weird passages in any yeah, in religious any text. Yeah, um, for sure. I thought about doing this with Judaism because we obviously have some weird laws. I didn't think you were Jewish, so then it's good I didn't choose that. That would have been a really boring game. Well, so my mom is Jewish and my grandma's super Jewish and like very involved. And we like... My family was really weird about religion. Like we, we were raised like with Jewish stuff. Like we went to synagogue like once or twice or not once or twice, like definitely a little bit more, (laughs) especially with my grandma. But I went to Catholic school growing up and then we dropped out of that because like the education was shit. So I went to public school, which, you know, is crazy. That's better education. And, um, is it? And my, yeah. In Cal, so my school, they didn't, they literally did not teach us science at the school that I was at. At the public school you were at? No, at the private school that my parents are paying money for, <laughs> at the Catholic <laughs> private school. And I had a, like, eighth grade, not to brag, humble brag, but I had, like, an eighth grade reading level in second grade, and so did, like, two other girls. And we used to have to go to English classes with eighth graders, and we were eight years old, seven or eight years old. So we would sit in this room with 13-year-olds and do, like, reading comprehension stuff or whatever. So it was, like, 
it really like stunted my my development and my my grandparents were educators and stuff like that and my grandparents were like this is this is horse shit so i transferred to a public school in second grade and had to like play catch up with the public school kids hmm. because i didn't under like i didn't know any science or anything like that it was a big nice. mess so and then my dad is christian or he's like lutheran which is a break off of christian but i am now like pretty much not religious uh, Got it. I just kind of, I just like, I believe that there's something out there, but I just like don't really care for anything. Um, but yeah, so that's me. Anyways, <laughs> um, <laughs> so option two. Um, so my my uh, game part, I think I did it wrong. So I, I so kind of did we like two weren't two, on the same wavelength. We were <laughs> we weren't fully on the same page, but it's fine. Um, it's so I did like kind of like a two truths and a lie, but two of these are from organized religion and one of them is from a cult and Got so you it. have to figure out which one is from a cult so the first one is members cannot play full court basketball uh the second one is members must only wear closed-toed shoes and the third one is members must pass a worthiness interview once a year to prove they're still you know they're still of the faith okay so obviously the worthiness one worthiness one sticks out Sounds yeah. very culty. However, I don't think that you would be that obvious. And I think that basketball was invented after a lot of older organized religions. So I'm going to go with basketball. So you're wrong. What? <laughs> so <laughs> the answer is members must only wear closed toed shoes. I just made that shit up. I just was like, what do I hate on when Cameron wears sandals? I hate, I hate when Cameron wears flip flops. I don't wait, know why. So this isn't from a cult. You just no. made it up. I well, wait, it's oh, okay. the cult of Hannah. I fucked that game up anyways. Um, <laughs> I made it up, but it's I'm really sure pro- <laughs> it's probably Israel. But I think the important thing to note here is that members cannot play full court basketball is from the Mormon religion. <laughs> Mormon missionaries cannot play full court basketball. Well, thanks everyone for listening to another episode of not another true crime podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram or Twitter at N a T C pod. So literally not another true crime podcast. Yeah. It's just the abbreviations and email us at N a T C at bitches with an E, not an I it's not bitches. Uh, bitches.com so n-a-t-c at bitches.com we want your questions your concerns your thoughts your compliments whatever also we just put up graphics on our instagram so by the time you get there you'll see it but like we're pretty excited about it so comment on, on our graphics and be sure to like and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to us on because that's the important the important and um i'm super fucking excited for our next episode i'm sure you are too sarah uh sure it's am. gonna be a, it's gonna be a doozy so please stay with us and uh stay binging thanks for listening to this episode of not another true crime podcast and remember if you like weird shit you know where to find us Batches.